of ECU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. It is Wednesday, August 23rd. We are live on Facebook, live on YouTube, Twitter, or X, as they call it now. Uh, we're live on the IBX Media app. Definitely download the app and take us wherever you go. Also, give us a subscribe and a like on Facebook. We're continuing to grow those numbers, and every time we go live, if you hit the little notifications bell, you'll get that update. You'll know when we go live, of course, every day, 12 noon. But if you're just surfing your, your internet, uh, your computer at lunch, and you forget about us, you'll get that notification, and you'll be able to tune in right away on Facebook. Got a big show today on Hoist the Colors. We've got ECU Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick coming up later in the program. But in studio now, we've got Clay Walker. He is the general manager of ECU Sports Properties and the ECU Sports Network. Clay we, we've worked together a lot off camera, so appreciate you coming on camera in studio. How's it going? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, and thanks for not making the country music uh, singer joke that yeah. most people do. <laughs> we already had somebody on Twitter make the joke, so uh, they're, they're going to have some fun with it. But, Clay, I wanted to get you in here because of some very exciting things that uh, ECU Sports Network, you guys are doing under the, the Playfly division of ECU Sports Properties now. And we'll get into all that. Uh, some big shows, the coaches show next week with Coach Houston. Also, the SUP show debuting next week. We'll talk about that. But let's first go through your background. You're an ECU guy. You've got ties to this place. And you've been here, what, going on close to a year now. So take us through your background as far as, you know, coming back to, to Eastern North Carolina, Greenville. What led you back? Uh, great question. Uh, well, let me, let me just say that, that uh, I am thrilled to be back. Really excited. I'm a class of 89 ECU alum and, and happy to be here. The, the circumstances really in our family allowed us to do it. My parents have passed away. My wife's parents passed away. Uh, we didn't have any other family in the area and our kids were in college. So it allowed us the opportunity when this job opening came up to take a look at it. And my wife uh, is from Bethesda, went to UVA for undergrad, Georgetown for law school. And a lot of people said, is she really going to move to Greenville? We built a house on Baldhead Island about 15 years ago. So we've been stopping in Greenville, stopping here. Uh, she is more of an ECU fan than she is a Wahoo or a Hoya. So easy for us and in, in, in our family to make that decision to get down here. In terms of background, I left here, went back to my hometown of Richmond, Ended up working for the NFL Players Association in and around the NFL for a long, long time, about 20 years. I think I've been to 21 Super Bowls, uh, very different. Uh, once you've done that, uh, you, you have a chance to see a lot of different things. When, when I started talking to the College Athletic Directors Association and the president of Playfly was there, and we had a conversation about North Carolina, and she mentioned that she was from North Carolina. She said, Thomasville. I said, oh, that's the furniture place. She asked how I knew, and I said, I went to ECU. I know what that is. And she said, well, by the way, we have a job opening at ECU. Would you be interested? So uh, long and short, uh, the background that I had with marketing with the NFL and the NFLPA really helped prepare me for this type of job. 
timing was right for our family. So thrilled to be here. And you guys have done a, a ton of, of big things already in increasing the, the social media presence of the ECU Sports Network. We'll get into that as well. And if you could explain, or we, we've got some fans maybe watching that said, all right, we see this ECU Sports Network brand on Twitter now. And, and maybe for some, it came out of nowhere with you guys. So walk us through, what is the ECU Sports Network? How can people find out more information about it? Well, the idea is is really to create a branded network that ECU owns and operates so that if you think about the Crimson Tide Sports Network, the Longhorn Sports Network, we're trying to push ECU into that SEC, ACC territory where there's the ACC network so that we can control the narrative, so that we can get exclusive insider content delivered more than what has been done. This year, I look at last year's programming, and we delivered about 400 hours of total programming. This year, we'll deliver 2,400 hours of programming. So that's what Pirate Nation wants, is more access, more information. So that's the genesis of the idea. have to say, we are. if you look at the logo, that logo is, is really a spitting image of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Yeah, and it looks good, and we got some uh, other other props to show off here shortly as well. And just how happy are you, you know, about a year in, kind of with the evolution of your vision? And you know, when you took it over, there was really no social media presence, and the, the previous, you know, rights holder for ECU Sports, uh, you know, games as far as broadcasting, did not really have that social media presence. So are you happy, kind of, with how far y'all have come in a short amount of time? I'm, I'm happy with where we are, and I I can't take any credit because it's the young staff that. <laughs> are working for me, uh, Kendall and now Cassidy are doing a terrific job, and, and we've just hired two new young people. So I'm, I'm surrounded by 20-somethings and, and the social media team that are all ECU Communications stu- current students have been phenomenal in terms of the things that they're doing. We're building the studio out for ourselves to do podcasting, not quite as big as this one, uh, but we'll have an on-campus studio for the first time ever, uh, allowing people like John Gilbert or Blake or anyone else or the coaches to come on and, and to talk and, and really share their vision anytime they want. And, and rather than just having them scheduled, we can have them come anytime for podcasting. Clay Walker is in studio, general manager of ECU Sports Properties, and uh, a, a guy I'm familiar with, and I want to kind of go through some of the, the personnel we'll be seeing uh, on, on some of the broadcasts of ECU Sports uh, Properties. I had Macy O'Donnell, former ECU student-athlete, uh, football player for five years, uh, with me on the podcast this summer, the Hoist of Colors podcast. I understand he'll be doing the sideline reporting for uh, ECU football this year. Jim Zoki, the big news coming uh, that he's going to be doing play-by-play this fall. Just give us your your insight on, on that process. Those two guys coming aboard and how excited you are for that broadcast. Well, I'm I'm super excited, and what's what's really uh, fun for me is to have someone like Jim Zoki, kind of voice of the Panthers, been there for 29, 30 years. He is so excited about ECU. He cannot stop talking about ECU. He is going to be a great addition. And then if you, he's got all of the experience, then you bring in someone like Maceo. You've got young talent, someone who played for ECU, who knows the system, knows the program, 
Eastern North Carolina roots. He's going to be a great talent and a nice fresh face for us to have on the sideline. At this point, do you guys know who will be doing the color? Will it be Kevin Monroe or a combination of guys? Yeah, we're keeping – Kevin's going to do all of the home games, and Andrew Bays will do the away games. Okay, so familiar faces there. Andrew helping out with the away games last year too. Uh, and, you know, I've, just, I've got a call with Jim later today, Jim Zoki, to kind of run through some personnel and, and get him caught up to speed. But I, I know just – just text him with him. He's been following uh, the, the social media stuff, my site, just trying to keep up with the information. So really excited to, to work with Jim closer. And you guys, as you mentioned, are using some interns and, and really some, some student athletes I know have shown some interest as well. So what other personnel are you expecting kind of to be a part of the, the ECU Sports Sports Network this fall? Well, we're hoping to get some student athletes, and one that we've had conversations with is Micah Dennis from the ECU women's basketball team. I've been back and forth with Kim McNeil about her availability, getting her either on the sub show or on the sidelines doing some things with us. And uh, I, I can just think that's where the future is, is we're going to go tell the stories, first-person stories, getting student athletes involved in this process, giving them a platform, and I look at each one of these, you know, four or 500 student athletes on, on campus. Everyone talks about Mr. Beast, content creation. Each one of those student athletes is a content creator, and we need to give them a platform to tell those stories. Monday evening will be the first coaches show of this season. Uh, Patrick Johnson and myself are planning to be there, unless I get told otherwise before. Uh, but we're, we'll be there with Coach Houston at Tiebreakers, a new location this year. Really excited about it, Clay, and kind of take us through how this all came together with Tiebreakers and, and going in that direction and, and what should be a pretty fun setup. Well, I'm excited because we've got local ownership at, at Tiebreakers. We've got uh, a big Pirate Club presence there. We, we have an engaged sports audience that's already coming to Tiebreakers. So it's the right place for us to engage the community. Uh, Logan's was a, was a fantastic partner for 30 years. Great people, great food, great environment, everything. But we needed a more lively atmosphere, and a sports bar is really the right place to do it. The ownership at, at Tiebreakers has been phenomenal. I mean, they're building out studio sets and things, and uh, I think the coaches will be really pleased uh, with all of the local promotion that will happen Sundays and Monday nights uh, leading into those shows that didn't happen before. I think that will be a big difference for Pirate Nation. Yeah, we were talking before we went on just about maybe – there will be a, probably a little bit more crowd participation because, you know, the crowds are good at Logan's, but the setup there maybe not as, you know, great as far as being able to see the uh, the coaches and the hosts. So looking forward to seeing what the crowd looks like. I know the crowd will show up. And then what do you are, what are you anticipating, at least from a, a crowd perspective, interaction? You know, some of these coaches show you across the country. Like I think even Alabama at times they'll have the crowd actually ask Nick Saban questions, which leads to interesting responses. Other times you have kind of a filter there, you know, with us asking the questions from the crowd. So uh, what are you all expecting from that standpoint? I, I don't think we're going to do live questions from yeah. the audience. I don't, I don't think we're prepared to do that. But uh, one of the things I would like to do is during breaks have people, have you, have me, have people that are here asking the audience questions, collecting them, and then getting back on air and ask. So I think the participation can happen. I think we just have to – be careful about controlling it. Right. Uh, and then also next week, the SUP show will be making its its brand new debut uh, live from SUP Dog. So 
this will be a new show. There's, you know, we've always had kind of the coaches show with Coach Houston and obviously uh, Mike Schwartz, Cliff Goblin, and so. But this will be more focused around the student athletes and the student athlete experience. And uh, take us through kind of what you anticipate from this, how people can view it. Well, the, the vision for that is. Uh, it really is going to be less about the X's and O's. Was the quarterback 7 for 10? Did the running back have 120 yards rushing? Really more about personalities, what I would call evergreen content. And for younger people, that's really what they're more interested in. What's your favorite dessert, your favorite food, favorite restaurant in Greenville? Uh, do you like the beach? Do you have pets? All of those kind of personality things. Let's draw those type of questions out. Uh, that, that I think people will be more interested in learning about the student athletes than you scored the game winning goal. And I should say, so for the coaches show, we'll, we'll carry it obviously on 94.3 the game and that will be streamed on WNCT's, uh, website as well. Yeah, WNCT is, is, has been great. They're one of our official media partners. Uh, they'll be there again. I believe they're doing a live, uh, remote at 520 and 620, uh, next week with Brian Bailey. So they have been terrific and, we learned last year using them as a, me- as a media company to help you stream. The streams for that program were three times higher than what ECU would get for its normal uh, coaches' press conferences. So they're a great partner. Happy to have them back. And then the sub show, that will be streamed exclusively, correct? Streamed exclusively. We had talked about doing a simulcast with WZMB, the student radio don't look like we're going to do that to start. We're just going to stream it live. Okay. And would that be through ECU Facebook and, okay. and YouTube and, and all those other social channels? Gotcha. And we'll tweet it out. And, and even, you know, for those that follow Hoist the Colors, we'll retweet it going into those shows and make sure everybody's aware, especially going into that first show. So uh, it will be located, I believe, like under the tent area at Subdogs out front? On, on the deck. On there, the deck. On and the I, deck. In terms of promo, don't worry about Subdogs. Brett and the team there will will be if they they'll start promoting that next week and I think we'll have a big crowd. Awesome. Looking forward to that and, and definitely hearing more from the student athletes and I would imagine first, you know, we're not gonna be having football players two days before kickoff at Michigan. I don't think Mike Houston would appreciate that, but you know, we'll have football players on, you know, if there's a bye week or later in the, the fall as well or in the winter and hoping to get some basketball players on lacrosse and, and highlight some of the sports that maybe the student athletes we don't know as well, but tell their story too. So looking forward to that. Is that kind of your, your vision early it, on? It is. We have a, a few baseball players yep. we know that are coming on uh, next week. Carter Cunningham and a few other guys are coming. Uh, we'll have some of the lacrosse women, young women, they'll be there. Uh, men's and women's golf. We think we're going to have a couple folks there as well. And I think women's basketball and men's basketball. So it, it's similar to what you and Patrick did for the Town Bank Tower event. It's kind of a variety show. Right. We'll have a bunch of different people that will rotate in, keep it fresh, keep it interesting. And uh, we'll have, I know, myself and Macy O'Donnell will be there for day one. We'll plan to get, plan to get Brett from Subdogs uh, to, to make some appearances. Well, he's got a radio background, so he'll be comfortable in the air. And uh, looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun all fall long, and we'll keep you up to date every time we go live with uh, our guests and whatnot. All right, Clay Walker's in studio. Let's get our first break in. We'll come back. We'll talk about the new Pirates Brew how people can find that. We'll also talk about some of the other exciting things going on with ECU Sports Network and ECU Sports Properties as the season nears just 10 days away from kickoff in the big house. Hard to believe, 10 days. All right, let's take our first break. We'll be back on Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. How good is this on 94.3 The Game? 
Right, welcome back into the 94.3 The Game Studios. Hoist the colors on Wednesday, August 23rd. We've got Clay Walker in studio. He is the general manager of ECU Sports Properties and running the ECU Sports Network, doing a great job under the uh, the Playfly branch and, and doing a great job over there at ECU. And uh, Clay, one of the biggest things this offseason, I know Pirate fans are thrilled about, we, we, we have moved it to the desk if you're watching our live stream is the new Pirates Brew. And I know you guys have worked hard on this. It was a collaborative effort with the university and R&D Brewing. Take us through this. How excited are you to see this finished product? Well, uh, first of all, I don't want people to think that we're, we've are we got beer drinking. We are not drinking. In the but middle of the day. We have we, to have it on the We have the done that before, but it not today. sweet. Hey, in the old days, they used to uh, to drink live on the air and and uh, while covering games, but I guess we can't really do that anymore. Maybe so. not. <laughs> uh, well, first I would say that one of the things that, that made it possible – was uh, really the ECU Athletics Department, uh, John and JJ, really supporting this, really going to bat at the at the chancellor's level to make sure they were they were involved in the process. They knew what was happening, and the support that we got there made it all possible. That allowed me the freedom to go out in the market and start to share the vision of what it could be, what we could do with our brand. And uh, R&D Brewing out of uh, Raleigh has been terrific. Uh, we've got all the stuff here on the set. It'll be in stores next week. Um, it's a light beer. It's a it's a very very drinkable beer. That it's a game day kind of beer. We're hoping that next year we'll come out with a yellow or gold can, and that will be an IPA. But this one is right now is a is a light lager. And this is the I think like you said kind of the start of something really big and special. And uh, just curious because you look at the logo that we got the old throwback logo uh, the with the sword in his mouth, you know. When you were kind of going through the process of designing it or kind of putting some input into that, you know, I think that logo is sweet. It looks good on the can. Um, what kind of led you down that path versus maybe another ECU logo? Well, we do have a, a Bud Light, and Bud Light's going to have the modern Jolly Roger on it this year. It's not going to be a purple can. It's going to be a royal blue can. So we wanted to steer away from that. Craft really said it really lent itself to this throwback model. You'll notice with the, the white stripes on the bottom, we threw in, and it really came from our the football uh, folks from Jarrett and other people that had that idea of putting it in there to make it look closer to the throwback jerseys. Right. How, how, how much would you say went into yeah, – how much time, how many – uh, meetings or how many different mock-ups did you have to have, not only for the design, but just putting all this together? Like, How, how long of a process was this? I, I had hair when it started. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, uh, it, it, took us, it took a few months. But, yeah. uh, I, again, I, I, so many times during the process where we got stuck, uh, J.J., and I give him the most credit, he, he continued to push the rock up the hill with uh, the university while he was doing that, I was doing all of the, the marketing stuff. Uh, he was really behind the scenes. But it, it took us uh, I, I probably six, seven months in the whole process to get to where we are. So this, is, like you said, will be available in stores next week, and then it will be sold inside the stadium on game day as well, correct? 16-ounce versions will be for sale in the stadium. Awesome. Looking forward to that. And I, I know ECU definitely for the, the beer sales on game day gets a, a nice cut of that. So if you're, if you're looking to – 
drink some pirate beverages, uh, definitely partake and uh, have some fun with that on game day. Always adds to the atmosphere. Uh, re- really looking forward to trying some Pirates Brew uh, later this fall. Of course, not on game day for me because I have to work much like uh, yourself probably. Um, a lot of other big-time sponsors uh, just across the board this year, Clay, and just kind of running through uh, th- this list. And you guys uh, partnered with uh, the the first distilled spirit sponsor of the Pirates, the uh, Social House Vodka. Uh, of course, we already talked about tiebreakers and, and sub dogs locally. Um, but just, uh, you know, Anson Belt and Buckle, which is involved with our show here, uh, with our lock of the week each Friday. Uh, Bold Rock is the new official cider of the Pirates as well. You can find that at the concession stands at ECU Athletic Events. So, uh, you guys have, have been busy, uh, finding some, some legitimate big time sponsors. So if you could walk us through some of, uh, some of those as well. Plenty of, plenty of options to go around. <laughs> Uh, well, we are pirates. We are pirates. <laughs> um, well, the, in, in all seriousness, one of the reasons that we that, that I focused on this was my background and and the NFL right. uh, led me down this path of these are the types of things that are most visible uh, to the to the community to the to the marketplace, and so I wanted to make sure that we that we pushed and pushed and pushed our brand out in different places where the brand had not been. It it really it made me it reminds me of what. Chancellor Rogers said to the athletic department on Monday in our Monday meeting, he said that really EC was focused on three things, student success, what are we doing in the community, community service, and regional transformation. And he talked a lot about athletics, and athletics is the, the front porch. It's really on the, on the front lines, and, and I would say that's the same thing about, about the show until today is we've got Duplin Winery that's come back as a sponsor, official cider, Bold Rock. People are going to see those retail displays. They're going to see the pirate logo, not on the product, but they're going to see it in all of the end-dial displays, official sponsor, official cider, and that's good. That's really good for the university. Same thing is true about Social House, Kinston, born and bred. Uh, it's farm to bottle, 100% corn, all the mash, all the grain, everything that's going into it is from eastern North Carolina. Uh, they've been great partners. We're excited about about them. And they're going to be supporting all of these uh, alcohol brands are supporting what we're doing at Treasure Island, which is, again, another benefit. Gets people excited in the community, gets students uh, to the games early, concerts, DJs, and that sort of thing. So we've got wine, we've got vodka, uh, ciders, beers. We, we got it all covered, I think, just working about. On, working on bourbon right now. There you go, working on bourbon uh, for the bourbon fans out there. Uh, also, Royal Farms, new locations in Greenville, uh, which you guys uh, are, are partnered with them, uh, and an airline company as well. So, I mean, y'all, y'all have hit every every branch just about. Well, the, the Royal Farms is a, is a great company founded in the 1950s. Their fried chicken is, sorry, it's it's as good as like Kentucky Fried Chicken or better, uh, all done in stores. They're great. Avilo uh, is really focusing on college markets, and so we've got nonstops now that are taking people to uh, Orlando, taking them to Tampa, taking them to Boca, Fort Lauderdale, taking them to New Orleans, taking them to uh, Memphis. So we get a lot of our schools in the conference that are that are Avilo uh, locations. So that's great for us. Uh, I, I would say talking about Anson Belts, uh, he's down on the coast, and uh, I don't think his commercial has broken yet, but the one that he has with Mason Garcia is phenomenal. And they are the official belt 
partner of ECU Athletics, uh, and I'm just excited about those types of brands that bind into the vision, understanding their part of telling the story. Their brands help us to tell that story, and they wrap themselves around ECU Athletics. Yeah, Anson Belt and Buckle now working with Mason Garcia. They also added Tegan Wilk for this year, ECU Safety. So uh, tremendous, tremendous sponsors uh, supporting the Pirates. So if you can, uh, definitely support these sponsors as much as possible if you're listening in. Clay, we've got a few more minutes with you just as, you, as we get closer to the season. You already touched on the bourbon. Anything else that you guys are really focused working on to trying to continue to, to grow the you know the ECU sports properties and ECU sports network brands? Some, some of the some continue on the on the alcohol category is one. Uh, I also want to make sure that we're activating with our current partners, and I'll just use one example: ECU Health. Many people don't know that that's the tenth largest hospital system in the country. They're using us. They're using ECU Sports Network and ECU Sports Properties to tell that story. And I have a personal connection that uh, an oncologist that I used and my mother-in-law used, Dr. Martin Paul, Georgetown Medical School, uh, Northwestern undergrad, Georgetown Oncology, now he's at Johns Hopkins. His daughter, same path, Georgetown undergrad, Georgetown Medical School. She ended up, when we were telling him a month ago, that we were moving to Greenville. I was back to visit him in, at, at uh, Georgetown University, and he said, well, I know I know ECU. How do you know ECU? So my daughter just finished her residency in oncology, and she works for ECU Health. And this is someone who did a residency at Sloan Kettering. His daughter did a residency at the University of Texas, and she ended up at ECU Health because she came in and said, I had no idea it was the 10th largest. And so what I want to do what I think we need to do more of is tell those stories, tell the whether it's a Bojangles or whether it's a airline, any of these construction companies, help them tell their story better, help them get a real connection in the community. That's what they're looking for from our outfit. And, uh, you know, we've got some questions uh, about the play-by-play stuff with basketball and baseball coming up. You guys expect at this point Scott Rogers to return in that role for baseball? We're definitely keeping yeah. Scooter for uh, for baseball, okay. 100% sure of it. And then basketball, I guess, kind of a, you know, with Zoki coming in, interim uh, basis for now, of course, doing football, you know, you guys still working on the basketball uh, we, we are. We are. We're not, we're not, uh, I got to get through Michigan first. Right. Uh, but, but we'll, we'll turn our focus to that very, very soon. Hey, day by day, like we all are, uh, you know, just trying to make it through the end of today. And, um, Clay, looking forward to it, man. So next, again, next Monday, for those just joining us, we got the coaches show at Tiebreakers, uh, live audience welcome. Uh, come early because I don't know how crowded it's going to be. That'll be six to seven, and if you can't make it, ninety four three the game in WNCT. It'll be live streamed, and then uh, the sup show Thursday. That will be five to six. Five to six, and that'll be streamed on uh, you know the ECU athletics uh, Facebook pages, pages and the ECU uh, sports uh, sports network as well. So. A lot of, lot of fun stuff, Clay. Appreciate you stopping by, and anything we can do to continue to promote it, we will. But uh, lot, lots of big things in store. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm always always happy to come out and promote our sponsors. Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't had people break into the uh, studio to try to get some early drinking, drinking done. But, hey, enjoyed it. All right, he's Clay Walker. On the other side, we'll switch gears. We will talk East Carolina football with Donnie Kirkpatrick. Had a one-on-one conversation with him. We'll play that. On the other side, you're listening to Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. The Pirates play here. Arr! This is Hoist the Colors Radio with Stephen Igo. Yes, that was so good. 94.3, the game. 
All right, welcome back in to Hoist the Colors on this Wednesday edition of the show. ECU has started this in-season practice schedule. We talked with ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell earlier this week. We're now going to go out to the live line and talk to the ECU offensive coordinator. He is Donnie Kirkpatrick. Donnie, I know you guys are busy over there game planning, looking at personnel and practicing, but appreciate you taking a few to- time, uh, a few minutes of your time to join us. How, how is it preparing for the uh, the number two team in the country? <laughs> well, it's exciting. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think that uh, – this is really why everybody gets into this, you know, player, coach, or whatever, is for big games. And I think you have to consider this a big game, you know, uh, home opener, playing in the big house. That's a historic place. I think that records would show that Michigan's the winningest college football team in, in, in history. So I guess the uh, only thing we could ask for is if they were ranked number one. They're ranked number two. We'll have to go with that, though. No doubt, and we'll we'll spend plenty of time in the, in the coming weeks just looking at the Wolverines. But just your your early look at them, and I don't know, do they, do they have any potential weaknesses, Coach, or is it just uh, loaded across the board in terms of talent and experience? Well, if, if there's a weakness, it's hard to find. You know, now, we're obviously having to prepare for the 2023 team, uh, but we're having to base it on the 2022 team. So, you know, every – football team has a life expectancy of one year so there, there could be changes you know they they did lose a few players defensively uh you know most of those went to the league and they're probably been playing in preseason games don't be playing on sundays so that could be good but you know when when teams like michigan they they pretty much reload so we're not expecting them to drop off much in talent level and, and they're really super talented uh you know they're they're really super well coached uh, Coach Menner, defense coordinator, uh, son of Rick Menner, who I've known for 30 years, whatever, you know, big-time defense coordinator, Notre Dame, head coach at Cincinnati. So he's grown up in the football system, and he's surely picked up from where his dad left off. Uh, you know, th- they gave up 16.1 points a-, a game last year, and they play a pretty good schedule. So when you're watching tape, well, it's hard to find a weakness. But, you know, we keep looking, and, and you-, you just look for advantages. You look just for things that can make it even. And we just got to get our playmakers to play their best. We're risen with ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick, his fifth year back at ECU, now as the OC. Coach, what impressed you most about your offense as you guys wrap up preseason camp? What were you most happy happy with? I think I'm most happy just with the attitude and, and, and the effort and how, how much this group likes to play football. Uh, and they like to work and they, they want to be good. So, you know, I think that is something that's important because it's hard to coach a group that doesn't want to be led or anything like that. So I think that's where we start. And then I think maybe the other strength is that we have some pretty good numbers. Uh, we may not have the superstar names right now because so many of these guys haven't done that much in the games like maybe we've had in the past or, you know, what, what a, you know, last year we had so many named guys. But I think we have more depth. I think we have more guys. So I think the strength is maybe we can play more guys. We can stay fresher. Uh, if we do have injury, maybe we won't have the drop-off, you know, that week. Uh, so uh, that's probably the strength, I think, of the offense is just the numbers that we can roll out there. It sounds like both quarterbacks played at a pretty high level this past Saturday in the scrimmage. And uh, how happy were you with their development, especially in the passing game, kind of week over week with the scrimmages and, and them kind of playing closer to their potential? Yeah, it sure made for Saturday night being a lot better since we got Saturday night all finally. So, uh, I was really pleased with, with really all three of the quarterbacks 
Mason uh, had in no way had a bad day the Saturday before, but had missed a few things. Obviously, the standard's very high. So we were pushing him, you know what I'm saying, to, to be even better. Uh, I thought Alex had had a really good day on that Saturday. Both guys came back, you know, with a gunslingers kind of mode, I thought, a little bit. There were just maybe some more opportunities that were there for the quarterbacks to make throws, maybe make big plays than they had been the week before as well. So very, very pleased with them, and they had protected the ball, you know, and when things weren't there, you know, they were able to pull it down, run, keep us out of some sacks and some bad situations. And then, like I say, Raheem Jeter continues to impress me just with his knowledge and his maturity and how much better he's throwing the football now, you know, than he was in the spring. When you look at Mason's game, and I mean, from my perspective, it just feels like there, there's so much he can do running the football that maybe you can't necessarily measure in practice because they, they you know, the whistle is blown so early. As a coach, how do you try and you know, factor that into your your plan or just your your assessment of how he's playing. Just because maybe on game day that running ability and his physicality shows up a little more. Yeah, there's no doubt. One of his strengths is he's got great size, and yet he's very fast for for a guy that size. And he's really a tough young man as well. So when he's played before, we've run him in games, and so he's got a little bit of that experience. In fact, I think the run game or the running of him, you know, kind of settles him down. And, it's definitely something that can give your offense an advantage because you, you, you gain an extra blocker when the quarterback, you know, with the ball carrier, you know, running with the football. So we're planning to do that. And it is in, in the, I think that probably happened in scrimmage number one. You know, we're not hitting the quarterback, which is still a good idea because I've done it the other way and gotten the quarterback hurt. So that, that doesn't turn out to be the right idea either. You know, they blow a few more sacks and you have to. You know, they don't give them very many yards, even what we call a quarterback run. But we still evaluate it on tape by based on did you do what's right? Did you run, you know, did you protect the ball? You know, what would you have gotten no matter what the results happens to be in, in the scrimmage? So the other part of it's not always about just running, maybe and gaining yards, but it's, you know, sometimes the pocket breaks down and you got to break contain and you got to create something out there with your legs, either it be throw the ball with a scramble or the scrambles are covered, then be able to pull it down and go make that first down. That's going to be important for him. That'll be a big part of his game. Alex may be not quite as strong in that place of being able to maybe run, run as fast and do those things, but still can be very, very effective in the scramble drill, finding receivers, does a good job of keeping his eyes downfield when he is breaking contain. For Mason and Alex at this point, Coach, is it just – you know, obviously they've been in the program a long time. They've had a lot of practice reps, and I know as a coach you probably want to continue to, to fine-tune as much as possible leading up to kickoff. But do they just need to go play at this point and kind of experience that and grow from that, and, and are you looking forward to that? You know, that's the only answer that I know right now. You know, you know everybody says, where are they? How do you feel? And I feel like we're, we're just got to go play a game because they're, as much as you try to make practice, you know, game-like and scrimmage even more, there's no substitute for actually playing the game. And so uh, they both know the offense. They're great in meetings. They're both very, very committed to it. They spend extra time on their own, which, you know, obviously they've got to do. So it's not about knowing what to do. It's about being able to make those decisions under pressure and quickly at game-like speed and really – there is no substitute for experience in, in, in playing the game. So that's where we're at right now. I'm still glad we probably don't play this week. I do think we need that preparation time. 
but we're, we're healthy right now and we're going to get back at it. The players have had two days off. It's hot. It's going to be a hot week. Hopefully they'll come back, though, juiced up and ready to go. Because practice does obviously still make it better, though. We're visiting with ECU Offensive Coordinator Johnny Kirkpatrick. Coach, how has the the offensive line come together this preseason? I know you all have moved some pieces around. Hampton Urgles worked at center. He's worked at right tackle. Uh, how would you kind of evaluate that group right now? And are you all getting closer to, to kind of lining up how you want to line up? Well, you know, it's it's been the biggest piece probably of the puzzle. Maybe coming in to the season, I, I was probably, or going into spring, I was probably most concerned about replacing the, the wide receivers with the passing game. You know, we've thrown it pretty good the last couple of years and called it pretty good. Uh, but those pieces have come together a little bit quicker. The The offensive line has been the last piece that we're still kind of working on. And I think the key, Coach Moger's doing a great job with them, is just finding that continuity uh, and finding who needs to play, where they need to play, what's our best five, then what's our best six, you know, who's our best seven, who's our best eight, you know, if it has to go to that through substitution or through injury. So we have moved some people around. Hampton came in as the center. He's worked a little more at tackle now here lately just because we feel like that might be the best five, putting Dustin in at center, Dustin Hall, who's who's new to the program. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, it's, it's the old coach cliche of uh, you can't work his five fingers, they got to work as a fist. And, and that's really what the offensive line's all about. You know, it's, it, it's, it's about not having anybody not play well. You know, everybody doesn't have to be spectacular. If all five do their job and do it well and do it together, then you're good up front. You, you can't have just four guys playing great football and one guy breaking down you know, consistently all the plays will, will get broke down. So that's kind of where we're at. We're just a little inconsistent still. Uh, very challenging preseason camp going against Coach Tesh and the D-line. They're pretty good. They're deep. They do a lot of different schemes, a lot of different things. So not only have we had a lot of young – or not young kids, but new guys trying to learn our system, what we call what we call. They also have to block a lot of different fronts. So as we get into game preparation when you only play one team, like a Michigan, uh, you're in a little bit smaller game plan. I think that will start to click here. But that is the last piece of the puzzle that I'm that I'm concerned about. But I'm also confident Coach Mokers will have ready. When you look at the receivers, just an awesome story came out of the weekend. Jari Patterson going on scholarship and coaching. All that's you know seemingly wrong with college football now. All the, the you know the debated topics we talk about on Sports Talk Radio, and of course I'm sure as you, you you guys as coaches talk about behind closed doors with all the expansion and movement. You know to see a guy like Jari come in, go through some trials, tribulation, get on scholarship. What, what does that mean as a coach to still see those stories and you know definitely hits you right in the field, make you smile a little bit. Yeah, the, those those are the reasons that you get into coaching. You know, and those are the reasons you stay in coaching. And that was a uh, well-deserved because he surely earned it. And, you know, it was a, a typical, his overnight success, which is when, what everybody's going to say, it, it didn't happen quickly. You know what I'm saying? It, it took several years. He had a long road that, that he's had to hoe. He's had some, some rise, and then he's had some, some, some defeats in there that knocked him back down. He just kept coming. But he's playing outstanding. He's an outstanding young man. The the best part of, of it always is when you see how happy his teammates were for him. Uh, then you say that's what a team's about. You know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of jealousy and a lot of stuff out there in the real world. 
when you when you have a good team, the players like each other and they pull for each other and they respect each other. And so, great story, great feeling, great way to end camp with a well deserved scholarship for him and and more more maybe than him, his family, his mother. You know what I'm saying? I know I know that's really it really really helps. No doubt, and he's had a great preseason camp, you know, on the field, off the field, and so have, you know, Jalen Johnson, Brock Spalding kind of in that that slot room. you got some tight ends I know you're excited about as well. So when you look at it, and, you know, not to get too much away, but how, how, do, you, how do you get all these guys on the field involved and, you know, give them the ball, Coach? How do you make them all happy? Well, that's the thing. You, you do need some players to be unselfish a little bit and make sure that they know that, you know, it's not all about having the ball. That's a huge part of it, no doubt. But, you know, you got to block for each other. you got to run the routes when you don't get the ball to get get the other guy open sometimes. But it's a good problem to have when you look and you think, wow, how are we going to play all these guys? How are we going to get the ball to all these guys? You know, that means you've got a good situation. It means you got some playmakers. We are a little stacked when you put a depth chart out, when you put Jalen and, and Jari and you put Brock and you list them all at the same position. Or you list even Shane and now how well the two freshman tight ends have played. But in a, in a game plan, you move these guys around. There are different personnel. There are personnel where, you know, you go 11 personnel, but there are personnel where you go 10 personnel and you may have Jari and you may have Jalen in, in, in two different positions, but in the game at the same time. So you just have different things like that that you're able to use. You try to get a game plan down to where, Certain guys do certain things better. They run certain routes better. Some guys block for things a little bit better. So you just have formations and personnels that you can move them around a little bit. So the the inside guys, Coach Iowa's done a great job of getting these guys ready to play. The outside guys are really starting to come on. Uh, Josiah and Kerry King have been very steady and are showing some big playability. But we've got some other talent that just hasn't been here long enough and has been a little bit injured or got sick or something like that in, in uh, Chase Sowell and uh, Keelan Robinson and then uh, Ryan King, who are just now kind of starting to show. And if we can get those guys up to speed and learn what to do and play a little bit faster and a little bit more consistent, then we're going to have good depth and we're going to have plenty of playmakers, which I would hope would cause the defense trouble and trying to find a way to, to defend us because we're still going to be able to run the ball, I think, with a strong running back room. Yeah, Coach, you mentioned those those kind of bigger receivers. And I know, as you mentioned, new to the program, trying to stay healthy, trying to get that consistency. But do you feel like they're they're getting closer, like a chase so well? Do you make some plays this past Saturday? And I know a young kid, uh, you know, it comes in as a transfer, but he's still got four years of eligibility left. So do you at least, you know, like the upside there, if not short-term, definitely long-term? Oh, absolutely. Chase and Keelan, when they walk through the door, you know, they've got the look that, that everybody in the country wants. And uh, they both have that kind of, a, of size. They have that kind of strength. They, they have that kind of speed. And it's just a matter of them getting the reps and getting into the system. Because though they, they're transfers, they really haven't played very much. And they do have a lot of years left. They have four and three years left. And, and Ryan King is like that as well. So uh, we could be very, very good at those positions if those guys will get ready here within the next two weeks. But it's a long season. If they're not up to their peak by then, we'll find a way to play some of the other guys and, and, and keep bringing them along. But the potential's there, and, and they're guys that love to play football, and they're working their tails off. 
And that's, that's really all you can ask as a coach. A couple more things for Donnie Carpatcher. We'll get him out of here. He's a busy man. So we we almost gloss over the running back room at this point, Coach, even though you know Keith Mitchell has moved on. But just like we see all the names, the familiar names, I guess we don't want to talk about them as much because we kind of know what they are. But how good has it been to have Rajay back? And I know you all have kind of managed him a little bit here at the end of camp. But him back and some guy named Javius Bond looks pretty good as a freshman. I know he's a freshman, but I know you have to be happy with kind of the versatility and depth of that room. Yeah, it's 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 a good deep room, and they're all really good young men too, which makes it even better. And they pull for each other, and they're they're willing to do whatever. They pass block, they run routes, they catch balls. You know, Raji's probably the leader of the offense. He's probably our most vocal leader. He's the guy that's probably earned that respect through the play before he got hurt last year, and the way he's worked to get back to full speed through camp and pushed himself and in no way did he pull himself out we kind of pulled him out because one we, we just thought you know the backs take a lot of punishment through the years you know and and through the whole game we, we know what he can do and the other reason is in a scrimmage there's just not enough carries enough touches to get five guys you know enough so you pull one it's easier to get them down to four but i think the strength of the room though raji has obviously shown he's a big time player is then that we've got numbers again they should always be healthy. I remember there was a point, you know, pretty much early in the season last year where, where Raji goes, goes down because Keaton's already out in that game. And Keaton was banged up and we're down at Tulane and it's a banged up Keaton. And then Marlon Guns off to a good start and he gets hurt. And so, you know, all of a sudden you don't have a run game. So now you're having to throw the ball and they know you're going to throw the ball. And that's the situation that you don't want. So it's great to have a good deep room there. Uh, you mentioned Javis Bond. You don't want to ever compare a player to anybody else, especially this early. But he does have that Keaton Mitchell look to him. So let's hope that will continue. Donnie Kirkpatrick, if there's one thing in your offense that you want to see this group achieve over the next 11 days, 11 days till kickoff as we record this on Tuesday, is there one thing you can pinpoint uh, that you really want to work on with your group? Well, I, I think it just comes down to consistency. You know, when in, in pre, and this is normal in preseason camp, you make a lot of nice plays. You just have a lot of bad plays. And so, uh, you're playing a lot of different guys. You're literally playing threes and fours, some in, in a scrimmage, you know, even though you're trying to simulate a game, it's just too much up and down. So we just want to level that out to where we can stay out of the bad plays till we get to the good plays. So we want the bad plays to be just short games not tackles for losses or turnovers or, or sacks. So that's the big thing, just eliminating those bad plays and staying aggressive, you know, to where we can make the big plays. He is ECU Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. Donnie, we appreciate the time. As always, we'll see you here shortly on the practice field, but looking forward to the season. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, man. There Bye-bye. he is, Donnie Kirkpatrick. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back on Hoist the Colors on 94.3 The Game. Everything you need to know in the world of ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the program. Exciting show today. We had a lot of good info from Donnie Kirkpatrick over the phone. And uh, we also had a lot of good information from Clay Walker, general manager of ECU Sports Properties. A lot of big, uh, big content items coming your way from them. Again, starting with the coaches show next monday on game week and then the sup show on thursday live from sup dogs we'll have coverage for you 
for both those things. Uh, you know, 94.3 the game for the coaches show and then the sub show will be streamed live online. We'll have more details then. All right. We got to get out of here. It's been a fun show. Tomorrow we will have JJ McLam, associate AD for internal ops, join us uh, tomorrow and we'll go over some facility updates and a whole lot more with him. We'll also have Philip Pilkington join us tomorrow, maybe preview week zero and do some things with uh, the schedule and uh, looking ahead to the coming week in college football. But it's almost here, 10 days away from kickoff. We'll be nine days away when we join you tomorrow, 12 noon. Hoist the colors on 94.3 The Game. We'll talk to you then. This has been Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com, on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back tomorrow with more of Hoist the Colors on 943 The Game.